Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join the discussion, email us at yogahour at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and I'll be sharing with you today some insights and practices from the spiritual tradition of yoga, the ancient science of self and God-realization. Yoga is a familiar Sanskrit word today, but not everyone is aware that it refers to uh, oneness, to union or unity. Our ability to bring our attention and our awareness to consciously abide in our essential spiritual nature, to be restored to our original wholeness. So it is abiding in the conscious awareness of our true self called self-realization. This is knowing our spiritual nature and then, of course, living in harmony with it. And today's topic, learning to let go and live fully will have us exploring the practice of non-attachment, a powerful, powerful tool in our lives, one of the essential practices of the spiritual life. We're going to be looking at what in yoga is called aparigraha, translated as non-attachment, but also means non-possession, non-grasping, and non-desiring. So, you know, we might even just begin by asking, how is that even possible? So I want to welcome uh, today our guest, Dr. Kusumita Peterson, who is Professor of Religious Studies at St. Francis College in New York. She received her Ph.D. in Buddhist Studies from Columbia University. She was previously Executive Director of the Project on Religion and Human Rights, Joint Secretary for Religious Affairs of the Global Forum of Spiritual and Parliamentary Leaders on Human Survival, and Executive Director of the Temple of Understanding. She served for several years on the Board of Trustees of the Parliament of the World's Religions and is currently co-chair of the Interfaith Center of New York. Kasumita is a disciple of the great yoga master Sri Chinmoy and has been on this path of yoga for several decades. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour, Kasumita. I'm so grateful you could join me today. 
Well, it's such a joy to be back on the Yoga Hour with you. Thank you. And before we dive into our topic, let's take a moment just for a centering meditation. In this moment, let us open our hearts and our minds to divine omnipresence. One reality called by many names is the source and support and substance of all that is. So right where we are, right in this moment, we can become aware of this divine reality that is present within us and around us. Just move your attention from the periphery of your awareness into the depths. Let your Mind sink into your heart, into the core of your being. Simply be aware of your breath, and as you breathe in, feel that you're pulling your attention within. As you breathe out, feel that you're letting go. Letting go of attachments to things. to places, to people, to views, even to your own body, just envisioning and feeling for a moment what it would be like to let go of all clinging and to simply be in the moment supremely free. As we use our creative imagination to sense that kind of freedom, we can come close to touching the true freedom that is within us. And as we do and we begin to feel that inner peace that is always there, let us remember that peace and intend to let it overflow as a blessing for all people and all beings everywhere. We're going to begin our conversation this morning on uh, parigraha, which is translated as non-attachment or non-acquiring, non-covetousness, greedlessness, or non-grasping. Um, this is uh, the final restraint listed in Patanjali's Yoga Sutra. And these are, of course, practices that are a part of ethical and uh, spiritually conscious living. So let's just start with, you know, what is this about? What is a paragraha or non-acquiring? And why would it be held up as, you know, one of the ten virtues when we look at the yamas and niyamas? So, Kusumita, why don't you begin? What is this? How do you see the main idea that is behind a paragraha? Well, I think there are two aspects to it. There is the inner spiritual aspect and there's 
the outer aspect of how we actually live our lives. And uh, now uh, Patanjali wrote the Yoga Sutras, so it would be acceptable, the summary of yoga would be acceptable to Jains, Buddhists, and Hindus. And these precepts are very, very ancient. They go back to centuries before Patanjali. So this idea of um, aparigraha is is very fundamental to all of the different systems of yoga or uh, spiritual disciplines leading to union. And the word actually means, just as you said, not grasping. It comes from a Sanskrit root that means to hold on to. And pari means around, so we picture our hands, you know, sort of going around something and grabbing it and holding on to it. And, uh, and uh means not to do that. And Again, let me interrupt for a moment because uh, yeah. it's such a beautiful way to think of it. But we can also think, besides our hands, of course, of the mind, you know, the way that's the mind what, That was the next thing I was going to say. <laughs> oh, it's, that, it's that the, Im- the image of our hands grasping towards something or grasping onto it. But, but when we think of that emotion or that attitude, that intention, that's the inner attitude which as you were saying, not to be greedy, not to be covetous. Um, one translation is not to hoard things, which is very interesting, uh, not to accept or, or uh, hang on to more than we actually need in life, which we need to, to talk more about that. But it's also interpreted as not um, it's, it's non-possessiveness, and attachment is a kind of a complicated word for many people. But I think a lot more people can appreciate that possessiveness is something negative. Mm-hmm. But it's not just not to be possessive, but also it actually means, especially for renouncers, monks and nuns in Indian tradition, but um, not to have possessions, simply not to have to own stuff, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and our entire culture and economic system is based <laughs> on having stuff and acquiring stuff, so that this precept becomes a very radical, countercultural one in our society. Yes, it really is. And I think it also gives us some powerful tools um, for combating that sort of onslaught of, um, you know, trying to um, have more and more. So it's really a very valuable principle um, for us today. And, you know, I, I think I just want to say, you know, if to the listeners, you know, if you've ever had... Um, a worried or desiring mind, you know, something on your mind that you couldn't shake, either, you know, wanting, Mm -hmm. wanting something that you think about, think about, or, you know, an upset about something that you want it to be different than it is, then it's very likely that attachment is involved. And um, you can work with this precept to kind of, you know, trace it back uh, to the root. And so it, it gives us some very powerful um, practices. So, um, you know, it's and, and we see also in the teachings that, you know, attachment and aversion are cousins, 
you know, they're related. <laughs> so it's not only um, that we, in a sense, get attached to what we want, clinging, holding onto things, but we also have a um, a sense of, you know, what we don't want, um, which is it's kind of its flip side, right? Exactly. It's just um, negative attachment as opposed to positive attachment. Uh, trying to have something, trying to avoid something, it's really the same thing. Mm-hmm. And in in yoga, these this um, attachment and aversion, of course, are seen as primary obstructions to um, having a clear discernment, having the ability to see and know clearly what we are. You know, there it's related to the kleshas or the primary obstructions, you know, the avidya, the, the ignorance that is the, the petri dish of it all, the place where it all begins, and then, of course, the ego arises from that. And then the two, you know, the two fundamental tools of ego are really this uh, uh, attachment and aversion. They're, they're, you know, I think of them as the the building blocks um, for ego, you know, that we can come to define ourselves by what we like and what we don't like, what we want, what we don't lo- want. And so, um, in a very deep sense, working with this helps us to dismantle, um, you know, the false, the false self. So, this is a very big and very deep topic. So let me let me get practical here for a moment. So how do you find yourself practicing it? And you know you've been a practitioner of yoga for decades, and you know so how has this changed over time for you as you've studied and practiced? Um, well, what you said about aversion is as being the flip side of attachment is. Is very crucial, and in you know when we're on a path of meditation, we're trying to be conscious of our thoughts and impulses and emotions all the time, not just when we're in formal meditation. And of course, the first thing is if we have strong attachments, they just or even weak attachments, they just interfere with our meditation. And, uh, you know, trying to meditate. And um, for me, one of the strong attachments is the list of things I have to do. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it really, especially in the beginning of the day, but at any time, the things that I have to do, because if I don't get take care of that, I'll get in trouble if I don't do it, you know. Is, is um, you know, it's uh, it, it takes some effort to get a handle on that, and um, you know, um, so it's it it does just push its way into the the primary practices of yoga, and that can be true, of course, if anything upsets us emotionally, um, and um, you know, anything that we're preoccupied with. Uh, can interfere with our practice in the sense of just plain disrupting it. Mm-hmm. But then there is um, the uh, the attitude that we have towards our possessions and the things that we do every day. And um, I think that um, my teacher, Sri Chinmoy, always um, at the core of his teaching is acceptance, acceptance of life. 
And he said that true spirituality always encourages us to accept life. And spirituality is the simplification of life, not the rejection or negation of life. Mm -hmm. So that um, we want to simplify our lives, but not to do so in a spirit of aversion or, um, you know, in a puritanical way, in an impractical way, and especially, I think, in a way that denies the real beauty and wonder and the joys of life. Mm -hmm. And so simplicity is something other than aversion or, or um, what helped me now, uh, uh, these words that um, people associate um, sometimes a spiritual path with a negation of things that mm-hmm. are very precious to us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that is too austere and that often you know yoga has been accused you know of being otherworldly you know which is simply not true you know so um yeah i think this simplicity is about not not being burdened uh with things our our attachments whether it is to things to people to places or to views you know attachment to views is uh, another area um, that can weigh us down and keep us from actually being able to be present in the moment and then to fully enjoy life. I think that you've given us a beautiful key um, from your teacher this morning on to live a, a simple life. And I've, of course, seen the same from my guru who has modeled that for me. Um, you know, not just to, and this comes from having a purposeful life, you know, having a focused life, um, that, you know, an understanding of what we're here for, you know, we're here to awaken and we're here to live life, um, fully, you know, in that consciousness. And so one of the things I've learned from my teacher about non-attachment is to use, um, discernment, you know, to, to really look at um, what is, is truly um, on target in terms of being consistent with your purpose in life. You know, is it useful? Is it not useful? Um, and to have that discernment, um, you know, right up there in, in the forefront. You know, Paramahansa Yogananda had a beautiful song that was um, his song to God, you know, I have made the pole star of my life. So that we have this higher vision and this higher purpose that keeps us from going astray too far with clinging to things for our happiness. Now, we're going to conclude this segment, and when we come back, we'll continue our conversation about non-attachment and uh, looking at uh, how we put it into practice. So, we're talking with Dr. Kusumita Peterson the Yoga Hour. We'll be right back with you. We'd like to take a moment to encourage you, as part of our Unity Online radio family of listeners, to support this ministry through a love offering. 
For your convenience, you can make one-time or recurring monthly donations. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for your support. Affirm the good that flows within you and stretch to reach your divine potential with daily inspirational messages from Daily Word. The path to God is not long or difficult or complex. Wherever I am, whatever I am doing, I pause and bring awareness to the one spirit that is within me. I open my mind to the thought of one creative energy enlivening me in the world. I open my heart to the one love that is the essence of life. This love, God's love, is within us all. Spirit needs no books or rituals, wealth or architecture to reveal itself. It is as intimate as a touch and as vast as the infinity of space. I am at peace in the simple knowing that wherever I am, God is. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. A one-year subscription to Daily Word Digital Magazine with audio is only $9.95. That's less than three cents a day to start your day right, centered and connected to the truth within you. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. Unity Online Radio is turning five this year, and we're throwing the biggest bash of all. A cruise to the Caribbean, November 10th through 17th, 2012. We'll celebrate in style aboard Holland America Line's Eurodam, with sunshine, fine dining, and a selection of island excursions at beautiful ports of call in the Eastern Caribbean. Plus, feed your spirit with music, message, and meditation. Your favorite host will be there, and we hope you join us too as we celebrate five years of spiritual programming at Unity Online Radio. For more information, go to www.unity.fm slash cruise. listening to the yoga hour living the eternal way with reverend ellen grace o'brien we now return to the yoga hour welcome back to the yoga hour i'm ellen grace o'brien and my guest today is dr Krasumada peterson and we're talking about practicing a parigraha or non-attachment so in this segment we're going to take a look at how attachment can show up in our life you know how we can identify it and how we can work with it so how do we know you know when we're in trouble with attachment you know what are some of the signs that we might look for or notice and you know certainly in 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 my life uh, and i mentioned this already you know if you're if you have a worried mind um or even a desiring mind, you know, just a, that something keeps coming back and back and back. Usually, that's a signal that there is attachment to an outcome that is involved. And so, the ability for us to question, you know, to really inquire, you know, what is it <laughs> that I'm clinging to? 
you know, that, that I really want to be a certain way. And, um, how is that an impediment and how can I find freedom, um, from that? Uh, in our first segment, Kasumide, you talked about, uh, your teacher's advice, um, to uh, live simply and to learn to accept. So let's, Talk a little bit more about what it means to accept life. You know, does that mean we have to put up with things that we don't like? <laughs> well, his entire um, spiritual philosophy is based on acceptance of the world, which is God. Uh, he would speak of God, the creator, and God, the creation. And this world is the divine in the form of its manifestation as creation and uh god didn't make a mistake by creating the world or to be more precise becoming the world so if we reject the world we're rejecting the divine and we're also here to serve and transform um and uh so we can't transform or love something that we are rejecting that we're not in touch with so um, he says, um, true spirituality tells us that we must not reject anything. We must not negate anything. We must not renounce anything. True spirituality tells us that we have to accept everything. We have to accept the world as such, and then we have to transform our inner world and our outer world for God-realization, God-revelation, and God-manifestation. And God-revelation means you show what you have realized. Manifestation is the task of transformation. Mm. So he goes on. It is only in God-realization, God-revelation, and God-manifestation that we can have boundless peace, boundless light, and boundless delight and so acceptance means to love and with the purpose of serving and it doesn't mean a blind acceptance and it doesn't mean passive acceptance because we're going to transform uh, you know what's imperfect into something more perfect and illumined And with regard to our own personal practice, he always would say, as soon as we try to possess something or someone, we ourselves are possessed, and Mm -hmm. then we're bound, and we can't Mm -hmm. act freely. Mm -hmm. And also, the attitude of possessiveness is quite different from real love, you know, which, which is not trying to control someone or something. Yeah, and I I think when we um, look at um, non-possessiveness and connect it to this idea of acceptance, accepting things the way that they are, you know, without clinging, without aversion, gives us a powerful freedom to bring forth this, um, really it is the power of love, (laughs) to transform a situation, you know, but we, when we go into a situation where we have um, an agenda, you know, that is a clinging to one thing or another that is attached, you know, to our view or to a particular outcome, it doesn't create a big enough space 
space um, for divine grace to unfold. And, you know, so one of the gifts of practicing uh, non-attachment is to be able to occupy a greater space, which is really a space of faith, you know, faith in the one um, that permeates all of creation, that there is always this transformation occurring and, and we can best participate in it by, by trusting it. Um, but I think, you know, the, the clincher that people run into all the time is, you know, well, how can I possibly accept something that I don't want? You know, I don't like this condition. You know, uh, you know, we see so much of this um, polarization in our country. You know, we're right in the middle of political dialogue, and um, you know, I can't accept this. I can't accept that. Um, but but we see it leads to a kind of paralysis, doesn't it? Well, I'm speaking to you from New York City, <laughs> where we have uh, in this area had a very. Um, uh, immense lesson in how we are not in control <laughs> and how um, um, futile it can be to try to control things and also a lot of um, uh, difficult uh, reflections on, um, well, possessions and attachments and I've been spared anything other than minor inconveniences and others have lost their homes, uh, their lives, the lives of their dear ones and the whole city is in a kind of a big mess <laughs> and not to mention the state of New Jersey and elsewhere. And so um, it, it, it drives home this lesson of what is it that we actually need as opposed and, and what is it that's really important as opposed to just something that is inconvenient or interferes with our comfort and, and, uh, for most of us, our strongest attachment, you know, is to our own bodies. And the body consciousness is the basis of ego. And ego exists for a reason because it helps us, you know, to survive physically. <laughs> um, you know, I think its origins are somewhere in physical, biological survival. But um, so there's this problem, uh, as you're saying, of where do you draw the line between... Um, uh, as Mahatma Gandhi said, the earth is enough for everybody's need, but it's not enough for even one person's greed. And where do you draw the line between having enough and having, you know, how much is enough? Mm -hmm. What is it that we really need? And there are some, um, and, and Aparigraha is very connected to that question back through the centuries. Um, what is it that a monk, a renunciant, an ascetic is supposed to have only those things that are absolutely necessary to live. Mm -hmm. and, and yet there are also very powerful teachings from ancient India about having magnificent possessions like King Janaka in the Upanishads mm -hmm. um, or, Chris, or Lord Krishna himself who was a king having everything, but not being inwardly attached to it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these are very... Um, um, but you were asking, how do we know when we're in trouble? <laughs> and I don't think we should fail to mention that if our attachments to something we um, get gratification from, 
or our attachment to possessiveness towards another person is causing us to hurt anyone, that that, of course, is a big warning sign. If it's causing us to be unable to function normally, that's another big warning sign. Mm -hmm. So there are certain lists of things that, you know, you can sometimes see. Uh, do you have a problem with, you know, something? <laughs> and and we call it addiction, but there are milder versions where, you know, uh, this attachment is causing me to neglect, harm, or not be loving and compassionate mm-hmm. and serving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or it's distracting my mind or interfering with my ability to meditate and, and so forth. Um, so let's take a moment to, to look at some of the tools that um, we can bring to bear. We've already talked about several of them. You, you talked about, you know, leading a, a simple and uh, purposeful life and learning to a- accept in the sense of not fighting against things as they are, but seeing them as they are so that you can make an appropriate response is what I what I heard in that. Um, I wanted to tell a little story that has just always stuck in my mind that, you know, one time I, I went on a spiritual retreat and um, I went to this retreat center and I was wearing um, a really lovely uh, Indian outfit, you know, a, a salwar kameez, you know, with the pants yeah. and the long dress and the, the dupatta, the scarf. And there were some women who lived there at the retreat center and they kind of gathered around me and they said, oh, you know, this is such, such a lovely, lovely thing that you're wearing. And so I said to them, well, you know, this is, this is where I got it. And I started to tell them where they too could get one. And they said to me, oh, no, we don't want one. We just want to appreciate yours. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was such a lovely moment. It was really lovely. And I've just carried that with me. Like, you know, th- this teaching helps us see that there's so much that we actually can have, quote unquote, through our ability to simply appreciate. You know, the world is ours <laughs> through appreciation. Everything is ours through appreciation. Um. I'd like to appreciate um friend and colleague um uh Chris Chappell who's written a number of books on yoga and Indian philosophy and he, one of his most recent books is Yoga and the Luminous and it's a study of Patanjali's Yoga Sutras which he's an expert on and has been studying and living by for um well, last 40 years I guess he teaches at Loyola Marymount University in LA. And he talks about how when you reduce uh, his wonderful reflections on Aparigraha, and he says when you reduce the number of your possessions and get rid of the ones you don't really need and that are taking up your time, the possessions that you do have start to reveal themselves to you more. Uh, you know, you, you start to appreciate the qualities of the things that you do have much more when you have fewer of them. And I thought that was a wonderful um, insight. Mm-hmm. It's really true. And, and I have seen that, um, you know, in my yoga practice over the years. And I just do want to mention, to thank you so much for bringing up um, Dr. Chapel and his wonderful work. And I want to mention to our listeners that he's been on Yoga Hour on several occasions. And so you can look in the archives and um, find uh, several programs with him. 
and also he will be one of our keynote speakers at the upcoming Kriya Yoga Congress in March of uh, 2013. Um, but back to practices, another practice I, I want to suggest is that... Um, you know, if, if we have a desire for something and then we, we try to go, you know, right to saying, okay, you know, I don't, I don't want this. I don't need this. Sometimes the desire just keeps arising. So, you know, mm-hmm. we can, we can certainly use our discernment to see what, what it is that we are, what, what we hope that acquiring that thing will bring us. And so sometimes we can dismantle desire by coming to see clearly that what we're looking for, that can't really give us. You know, I mean, our advertising in our country is just crazy about, you know, what things are supposed to give us. So we can dismantle that way. But another thing we can do is um, we can simply delay um, we can allow desire to arise, but we can delay acting on it. And um, there's there's some power that comes in that as as well. Usually, more insight will come. Um, I think another um, exercise is just to remind ourselves of how the things that um, come into our consciousness and and say. Well, do this, uh, acquire this, consume or enjoy this, um, to remind ourselves of how all of these things are constituting the sense of the small self. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that is to say the ego. And that it won't be here forever, it is temporary. And um, that we can't guarantee that we are going to be able to possess or enjoy um, or even be, you know, certain things for more than a few years. Right. And um, so that, that it's, uh, it's, it's something passing. And actually, for some reason, this, you know, it's, again, we come back, come back to the attitude of, because if something good comes to us, we should be grateful for it as well. Uh, what is it to enjoy something with gratitude and at the same time not to possess it? This is mm-hmm. like a line that you have to walk. And I remember um, many years ago when I was in college, a Zen master, Zenke Shibayama, uh, came to speak at the college where I was a student. And he gave a formal talk, and then afterwards some were uh, gathering with him. And somebody said, as if he had sort of uh, found him out, he said, I, I noticed that at lunch you were really enjoying the ice cream. <laughs> as if that was going to be proof that he wasn't a real Zen master or there was going to be some conflict with, <laughs> you know, Buddhism <laughs> if you enjoyed the ice cream. And, and uh, Shiba Yamaroshi said, our goal is not to become a stone Buddha. And I always remembered that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when the ice cream, yeah, when the ice cream came to him, he enjoyed it. But I'm sure that after that, he didn't think all the rest of the day about ice cream and when he was going to get it again. You know? mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And and that is, um, I think, another important tool is actually being. Present to deeply present to, as you say, appreciating you know what comes and appreciating it 
fully because um, that gives us the ability to, in a sense, have closure on something. You know, I think sometimes there's a desire, we we get something, but we don't actually uh, receive it fully. And so then we want, you know, more and more. So we're going to have a little more of the Yoga Hour right after the break. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and you're listening to the Yoga Hour with special guest Dr. Kasumada Peterson. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. And in our last segment, we'll talk more about letting go and learning to live more fully. We'll be right back with you. Reverend Paulette Pipe's voice has been called mesmerizing. The sound of spirit expressing in soothing honey tones. If you're one of the loyal listeners who tune in each week for her program, Touching the Stillness, you already know the power of her meditations. If her programs leave you wanting more, purchase one or both of her meditation CDs, Touching the Stillness, her first CD, and the newly released Resting in Stillness. This latest CD combines Paulette's alchemic voice with an original score by pianist Kelly Hunt and will transport you to a place of divine peace. Enliven your meditations with Reverend Paulette Pipe as your guide and take her soothing voice and peaceful presence with you wherever you go. Get your copy today. Go to www.unity.org and then click on Shop. That's www.unity.org and click on Shop at the top of the page. Transform that thought you've held in your mind into a reality in your life. How do you work in partnership with God to co-create the life that you've always imagined? One way is through the universe responding spiritual model for life. Each week, Valerie Crabtree will share how to use the universe responding elements and principles to co-create your life through continuous communication with your higher power. She'll answer your questions using this practical, understandable concept, and your life will change. Listen to Universe Responding on Monday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at yogahour at unity.fm and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and our guest today is Dr. Kasumada Peterson. We've been talking about Aparigraha, the practice of 
non-grasping or non-attachment, non-acquiring, and we've talked about several practices that are helpful for us in learning to let go, really to let go of the illusion of control or of the idea that anything actually does belong to us because nothing really does. Um, So, you know, although I think we can appreciate and, you know, all of us have experience about how attachment leads to suffering, um, it it can sometimes be difficult to make the leap um, to see how letting go of our attachments and our aversions actually does bring us greater happiness and more clarity. So um, let's take a little bit of time to look at the reasoning behind this. And I I just want to share a beautiful poem by Mary Oliver this morning along this line. It's from her book of poems called Evidence. And this one's called Philip's Birthday. I gave to a friend that I care for deeply something that I loved. It was only a small, extremely shapely bone that came from the ear of a whale. It hurt a little to give it away. The next morning, I went out as usual at sunrise, and there in the harbor was a swan. I don't know what he or she was doing there, but the gift, but the beauty of it was a gift. I don't know what he or she was doing there, but the beauty of it was a gift. Do you see what I mean? You give and you are given. (laughs) So I think she has so so beautifully, (laughs) yeah, she's so beautifully, um, said it there, you know, letting, she was this whole process of letting go of something she really wanted (laughs) and just releasing and then noticing how, Life is giving to us all the time. Um, and we, the beauty of nature is it's so important in this whole discussion because the idea that we can possess nature is, um, and especially that nature is there to be turned to our use, is is causing tremendous harm in the world today. And, you know, if I give, it's not as good as an example as the swan of Mary Oliver, but it's, it's, but it's a very obvious example. If I'm watching the, a sunset, I don't say it's my sunset, you know, and I paid for it, and you can't watch it, um, you know, and so on, um, because... I mean, it's 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 clear that that's completely ridiculous. <laughs> well, it is, but some I people mean, say my my mountain or my beach. You know that, that people I, do say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could certainly have you know here's here's my house is built on this in this location where I can see the sunset better than you, and <laughs> I won't invite you unless you're nice to me and to watch the sunset with me and you know so on. <laughs> So, you you know, if we're very attached to ourselves, we we won't be able to open ourselves to the larger world, whether it's other people, other living beings, or the cosmos itself. And these these attitudes of um, 
possessiveness or I must have, of course, Americans believe that they are, are poor. If, if, you know, when people in other parts of the world that are really poor, you know, would mm-hmm. consider that standard to be uh, quite comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, and so the, the, um, norm of aparigraha or non-possessiveness, non-greed, non-grasping is, is very, very important in, as we try to deal with the global environmental crisis, which is, um, in many ways caused by greed mm-hmm. and by, um, consumerism. Mm-hmm. And I think about this all the time. I've been an environmentalist all my life. And there's a whole movement now called Green Yoga that um, uh, Professor Chris Chappell, whom we were mentioning before, is very involved in. And uh, people have, in the Jain, Buddhist, and Yoga, Vedantic traditions, have um, a really very powerful environmental uh, teaching to share and that we should we should strive to practice and uh, this um, non possessiveness or non possession actually actually not having things is is central to it mm. and um, so um, there is a whole movement of simple living and voluntary simplicity that uh, has taken up all of these issues. And uh, those that are devoted to uh, the simplicity movement aren't necessarily coming from a yoga path. Some of them are coming from, you know, Quakerism, they're Catholics, they're not allied to any particular religious tradition. But the importance of simplicity has been... um, you know, and, and uh, has been a well. Let me say, grasped. <laughs> no, um, you know, has been understood as something that we're all going to have to understand and practice in order to go into the future, because it's just not possible for you know seven billion people to live the way modern Americans have been living in the last century. Yeah. And and so overcoming greed and, you know, looking at possessions and, as we were saying, appreciating the things that are given to us that give joy. Um, one way to look at this is how can we enjoy life and create true happiness without having things or buying things? And And this leads us in the direction of creating beauty and joy. Um, creating it ourselves and not feeling that we have to go and buy it. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so, also being being in touch with, I mean, the, we find that this virtue of Paragraha is related to the others and, you know, they are woven together. You've been speaking about ahimsa, really, um, with a Paragraha, you know, nonviolence uh, to the earth, uh, to others, to ourselves. Um, and also we see this um, very deep connection to santosh or to, you know, contentment, really. You know, learning how to experience deep contentment, um, which, which comes, uh, you know, from our spiritual practice, from, from being able to abide 
in the self and experience our wholeness, you know, to know that we don't need things um, to make us okay. <laughs> you know, we're complete um, as we are. And then uh, we're empowered to have, um, you know, what we bring into our lives uh, as uh, as choice rather than um, compulsion. And so we have just, you know, a a couple of minutes uh, left, really about one minute. And so um, I, I want to give you the last word, uh, Kasumita, and just um, a thought about how the world could look if we could more fully embrace this virtue of non-attachment. Well, I think there would be a peace and harmony with one another and with other living beings and the natural world, if we could uh, make this one thing of non-greed, non-possessiveness, and non-possession part of our, really part of our lives, if we could Mm -hmm. um, learn to practice this, uh, and as you're saying, it's the key to the other norms of uh, non-stealing, non-harming, or non-violence, and uh, right use of the life energies or sexuality, and um, which we didn't mention, but that's another one of the norms. And uh, these disciplines of yoga are tremendously illumining and precious, and they're also extremely, extremely practical um, and and desperately needed for the future of human beings and of the whole planet, really. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, and I really appreciate uh, the conversation with you today and the inspiration for us to learn more about this and to practice it, that we might you know, bring more peace into our own lives and into the world. It's been a joy to share this yoga hour with you. Thank you, Kasumita, for joining us today. And I want to invite um, listeners uh, next week. Our program will be on meditation as the royal path of awakening. And our guest will be Swami Bodhananda Saraswati. And I want to um, let you know that today, our annual 21-day meditation on Compassion Siddhathon begins. So for information about how to log on and participate for 21 days with um, videos, and all the supports that you need are at csecenter.org. And remember to remember us on Facebook and pass the word. And again, thank you for being with us. I look forward to being with you next time. Until then, remember to let your inner light shine into the world and to share your peace and your joy with all that you meet. Thank you again, Kasumita. Oh, it's a joy to be here. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 Central, 8 a.m. Pacific for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. 
Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. In a world that accepts mediocrity, conformity, and limitation, we are being called to shatter previously held beliefs about what is possible and live bigger, bolder, and more outrageously. As we explore cutting-edge ideas, people, teachings, and practices, we will settle for nothing less than a life lived with passion and purpose. Join Reverends Robin Ryder and Robin Ferguson live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Time and explore what it is like to live your life out loud. Rebels with a Cause, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. that thought you've held in your mind into a reality in your life? How do you work in partnership with God to co-create the life that you've always imagined? One way is through the universe responding spiritual model for life. Each week, Valerie Crabtree will share how to use the universe responding elements and principles to co-create your life through continuous communication with your higher power. She'll answer your questions using this practical, understandable concept, and your life will change. Listen to Universe Responding on Monday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Are you feeling trapped by a situation you can't control? Don't know where to find help? Do you wonder if help even exists? It does, and it's always been there for you, hidden inside the ancient New Testament story of Lazarus. Unity Books invites you to unlock the secrets to peace and healing in The Lazarus Blueprint, new from best-selling authors Mary Alice and Richard Jafola. Marvel as they unveil six steps for overcoming seemingly impossible situations. Read about people like you who've used the steps to triumph over personal illness, financial hardship, and even the loss of a loved one. The Lazarus Blueprint offers a fresh new approach for fixing anything in your life. With steps so universal, timeless, and powerful, they can work for everyone. Make it your turning point. Get The Lazarus Blueprint today, online at unitybooks.org.
Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. 